Nuclear proliferation. Global pandemic. Famine. Environmental genocide. War. Mankind teeters on the brink of a second dark age. Everywhere you turn, chaos, anarchy, and shadow. In these bleak days, under the fading light, where businesses and the little guy are left for dead on the side of the byway, and people cry out for the rule of law, humanity is at a breaking point where there is no light at the end of the tunnel, and everything good seems to have been barred, or banned, or barred. Two men offer up their voices in the darkness, a shining beacon leading the huddled masses into the safe harbor of good business practices and occasional time travel. Here are your hosts, the Sirens of Sanity, David Pridham, and L. Bradley Sheaf. All right, buddy, there you have it. I am dedicating that to you. I know you're hosting this week. You've got some family in town. I know that can be stressful. So by all means, have a drink on me little hard driving metal from one of the best metal bands in the world, ACDC, 1980, the Back in Black album. Have a drink on me, my friend. Brad, it's almost like I can hear the heavens opening up behind you as you uh, spin that record. What a great, uh, what a great song. Uh, don't mind if I do. <laughs> I, I, again, I encourage it. I don't always, but I do this particular weekend. This is IP Frequently for now. The number one, uh, podcast in the realm of business and sports predicting. Uh, your host, David Pritam and Brad Sheaf here once again. Very excited to be with you here live, uh, studio audience. Everyone's been vaccinated. We should say that we have some exciting news coming up for those of you that follow the podcast. We uh, are going to be taking it on a more global scale, believe it or not, even though we're number one in many of the little hovels and hamlets in uh, in Europe, uh, number one with the Amish in Pennsylvania Dutch that have electricity, and even those that don't, number one with them. We're going to be taking uh, this podcast to a national radio network. More on that soon, and more on the overall rebranding of the podcast. Where Brad, we may ask some of our listeners many of whom speak Dutch, by the way, Dutch, a dead language, Brad, uh, what they think uh, the appropriate name uh, of the uh, IP frequently soon to be renamed and rebranded podcast should be. I, I, I cannot wait. I think, first of all, that's a brilliant idea. We've got some very smart, very funny folks who listen to us. Uh, we've also got some folks who are, frankly, horrifying, but you know what? Come one, come all. And uh, I'm excited about the possibility of there being some Dutch submissions, is yeah. I believe how they pronounce that in Dutch. Yeah, and there may be some pickled herring references as well. And uh, I believe that Bud Grant, uh, who I believe may have been a, uh, may have been a, uh, a, a Dane, uh, he's still alive. So I don't know why I'm talking about him in the past tense, but he may be involved as well. He was the coach of the Minnesota Vikings. And as you know, the Vikings have Nordic blood. Well, I, I do not know if he was a Dane, but he appreciated a Danish. I can tell you that. Yeah, cherry. 
cherry or cheese, either one. He would take either one. And look at this, Brad. We've got the first submission over the Twitter, the Wizards of Woke, that is taken, even though people call myself and uh, L. Bradley Sheep the Wizards of Woke because of the fact that we are woke. Yeah, there's no one woker than we are. We might be the wokest. No, there really, there really is no one more woke. I mean, people are, are, are rioting in the streets. Um, Stay woke is now a uh, new tagline where people are uh, petitioning corporate America to cancel people, to cancel books. Books are being burned. Um, it, it really is an interesting uh, uh, world we're living in here in uh, America in the 2020s. Yep. Always makes sense to burn a book. That's always turned out well for any culture that's done it. Yeah, the marketplace of ideas, my friend, has been shot to hell, and we are now at the mercy of Mark Zuckerberg and the guy that runs, runs the Twitter. Who looks like a troll. That guy looks like a troll. But regardless, we're, we're going to try and maintain some adult discourse, mature, measured, reasoned discourse, which you know nobody wants to have anymore. They just want to scream at each other. We're not doing that. No, and you know, you know what's interesting? As you go through and navigate this woke culture, and again, Brad and I are children of the 70s and 80s, right? So we are uh, truly our parents' kids. We have tried to navigate life the right way. We've run a small business uh, and a delicatessen, and we've uh, done it in the way that we were taught back then with hard work, uh, integrity, and a little bit of graft and corruption when you pay the uh, the local zoning board. Um, but but that's having- required. I mean, at that point, is it really graft? It's just business. No, it's business. It was it's explained business. to us. Listen, listen, everyone's got to wet their beak, as you know, yeah. right? Everyone's um, got to. Yeah. And so, and so as we navigate through this new woke culture, it's a land of which we are not familiar. We know there are a lot of folks out there who come to our podcast wondering how to navigate it as well. We'll do it together. We'll help take you through it. A lot of questions going on out there. But one thing I would say is that you could do a lot worse by taking some of our heroes from the 1980s and letting them run things like uh, uh, the, 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 the Book of Face or the Twitter or the InstaFace or the Microsoft or any of that stuff, but the Google, um, and just putting them in charge, right? Taking this woke generation, just sort of pushing them aside because very few of them have done anything and turning it all over to, you know, the fall guy, Lee Majors or the macho man, Randy Savage. Randy probably, Savage, sure. Yeah, probably, yeah. probably a bad example because he's no longer with us. Um, but He'd still uh, do better. He would do much better. He would yeah. do. He would do the Nature Boy, Ric Flair, your personal friend, who has, Ooh. I understand, texted you before with a video message. He has. That's that's a true statement. Yeah, and he's uh, he's doing well, and uh, hopefully he'll be on the, uh, the the radio show at some point. But uh, we're out there. We're here for you. If you have any questions about how to navigate the world of woke, uh, text us, email us, send a carrier pigeon, telegraph letter. FedEx, UPS, DHL, whatever you need to do, get it to us and we'll do our best to, to help you out. Amen. Amen. So Brad, first on the agenda today is the great city uh, of New York, the greatest city in the world, the uh, heartbeat of the uh, the world, the heartbeat of global finance has uh, now gone through, I believe it's eight years or whatever it is, Bill de Blasio having a communist as a mayor and they're, they're electing a new mayor. And Thank God. And- yeah, we had the, the election the other day. He is a moron. He's a he's a, speaking of the wizard of woke. Um, he is uh, he is something else. Let the let the city go straight to hell. Defunded the police. Didn't back the police. And there's graffiti everywhere. Crime everywhere. People are getting murdered in broad daylight. But 
they do have an election. They had it this past Tuesday. And what do you think about the results, Brad? What do you think about the new mayor of New York? Well, we're not quite there yet, buddy, right? Because the election that we had this last week was just the primaries. Now, as I am, you know, I don't live in New York. You don't live in New York. So, you know, we're not following it as though it was our hometown. But my understanding is that there are only two people running on the Republican side. God bless them. They, they don't have a snowball's chance in hell of being married in New York, but they're out there doing it. And so on that side, the primary is pretty straightforward. Person with the most votes wins. But over on the Democratic side, I, I think there are, you correct me if I'm wrong here, buddy. There, I think there are 13 people running for the Democratic nomination for the mayor of New York, right? Is that right? It's, it's, yeah, it's in the, it's in the double digits, it's in the teens. Yeah. yeah. I, I think, I think there's, you know, what is classically referred to as a shitload of people running for the opportunity to run for the mayor of New York as a Democrat. And what's interesting, and I'm sure you were going to bring up, is that you, you can't, when you go to vote, you no longer are restricted to voting for one person if you are voting in, in the primary, right? You now have the option of voting, my understanding is, for up to five. And then they sort you, and you, you have to rank order them. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, you've got to, just for those of you out there um, who are following and playing the home game, uh, New York had an election. Democratic primary is effectively the election for um, for mayor and uh, the this um, uh, Eric Adams, former police officer, seems like a seems like a decent guy, and uh, uh, he 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 won by ten percent. And now the real counting begins because uh, and it's sort of like playing a game with somebody like Monopoly, right? Where where the the, the sleazy kid controls the bank, right? And they're about to start counting the absentee ballots next week, next week. And uh, then they're starting to figure out, okay, this guy won by 10%, but who did the people say was their second choice? Who did they say was their third choice, uh, fourth choice? It's his ranked choice voting. And so somebody's going to sit down and do this crazy analysis, and they're going to declare someone the winner. And I just have this feeling, right? I have this feeling because there are a couple of crazy leftists, crazy leftists who want to defund the police, take a billion dollars out of policing, put it into whatever, not policing. But those two lunatic progressives are right behind this Eric Adams. And it's going to be, uh, you know, it's going to be very tough, I think, for him to to pull this out with the people that are counting the votes and the fact that you've got two people right behind him, 10 points behind him who are progressive and they're going to be each other's second choice. Well, and, and that's the, that's, again, you can say what you will about this ranked choice voting. I mean, I, there are certainly potential positives to it. The whole idea that, you know, you, you don't, you don't necessarily cut somebody off because you want to vote, even though you know that your favorite candidate doesn't, doesn't have a chance of winning, you can still vote your heart, make sure that, you know, they know that you were there for them. And, and then you, you get to take a second or third or up to fifth choice so when that person inevitably loses, then your vote still counts, right? So I, I, I get that. But here's my big problem. Setting aside the fact that the, the former cop is exactly what the city of New York needs, right? He's a black guy. He's worked in that city. He's so, you know, I mean, he's not, he's not an outsider. He's someone I think most residents of the city respect and would listen to and don't see as being part of the problem. 
And if you want someone to reform something, then hire somebody who knows something about it, right? I mean, I, I, to the extent that policing needs reform, and I think we can all agree that there's some elements of reform that would be beneficial for policing across the board, especially in a place as complex and difficult to police as New York City, right? I mean, you, you cannot deny that, right? So do you want to take some crazy leftist who thinks that sending a social worker to the scene of someone swinging a lead pipe is, makes a lot of sense? Or do you want to take a guy who was a precinct captain in the NYPD? I mean, that is not a small position. That is not a lightweight position. Do you want to take that guy and say, okay, let's figure out how we can do this better? I mean, I think the answer is, is pretty obvious. But the problem with this ranked choice voting is and I went and looked at vote.nyc, right? So you can go there if you want. There is a 46-second video just on how to mark your ballot, right? Now, that may not sound like very long, but think about how complex marking a ballot should be. It should be a two-second video. It says, fill in the circle for the guy or gal you want to vote for, right? Period. Done. I'm done with the video. This takes 46 seconds to explain at just a high level. And then there's an entire nested web site on how to actually do it. And, you know, one of the complaints has been that, you know, voting is too complex, it's too difficult, we've made it too hard. And so now what New York City is doing is they're making it 10 times harder for people to figure out exactly how they're supposed to vote. And as you've already presented, buddy, it's just going to be a crap show. There's, there's no way it's not going to be. And I suspect, as you suspect, that at the end of the day, the person that, you know, currently the plurality of New Yorkers have voted for by a 10% margin, somehow that guy is not going to wind up as the Democratic nominee for mayor. Yeah, it, it, it's, it, it has that feel to it, right? I mean, these woke people are um, buzzing. They created this system, right? It's chaos, right? Okay, you vote for, this guy won by 10%, okay? He should be, he should be the nominee or do a runoff or a right. one-off with right. uh, him and the next, you know, fine, whatever. But to, to say now you're going to try to discern who's someone's second choice was, third choice, uh, it, it, it's insane. And it's, a, it's an administrative nightmare. And I think, I think it may have been intended as such so that you can start making these judgment calls and put in who you want to put in. I can tell you, though, if you put in to the election um, one of these crazy liberals, then that 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 gives a Republican a chance to to win. Even the even the crazy dude that, that's going to be in the general election. If you put in Adams, he's a he's a shoo-in. He's a great candidate for the city. Um, and you know, it's really it's really necessary. I mean, I, I've been to New York in the last few weeks, and it's just not the same. And now it's 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 just not safe. And uh, businesses have blocked away, and I don't see businesses coming back. If some clone of de Blasio is going to be put in to into power and, 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 you know, I talk to people all the time who are who left the city during the global pandemic and who are thinking about going back and they're saying, look, we're not going to go anywhere near that place if de Blasio is still in charge or someone of his ilk. And that's, you know, I think that's what you're going to get. It's a shame because it is a great city to visit for a day or two. Wouldn't want to live there. Well, I mean, it's possible the person could wind up actually being left of de Blasio. Now, I'm not sure it's possible, absent some sort of science experiment, 
to put someone in there who's a bigger dope than de Blasio. Like, I think you would have to like do gene splicing to find someone who is a bigger dope, but it's actually possible to be left of that guy. And some of these candidates are, and that is just going to be a disaster for that city, right? What that's, that is a very left-leaning city, so that's fine. They should have a left-leaning mayor. That makes sense. Adams is a left-leaning mayor who has actually worked for a living in a tough job and who has expertise in one of the areas that folks are constantly talking about, and that's how we enforce the law in a country that prides itself on the rule of law. So that is a critical component of any municipality. And then, you know, when you talk about the municipality, New York, New York, you need a guy who can do that. And man, I mean, I just shudder to think what would happen if they, if New York misses this opportunity and, you know, grab someone who is actually left a bill de Blasio and has no earthly idea how to enforce the law. So, you know, I guess we'll see, bud. Yeah, it's coming. It's coming. I, I, I feel it. I feel it. It feels a lot like, um, I, dare I say, it feels a lot like 2020. Uh, only in this case, they've sort of legalized the, the vote shit thing. Uh, update on the elephants in uh, China, Brad. Two more have left. There are seven still sound asleep, like unusually tired, I guess. Um, and uh, they have not commenced uh, or they've not uh, uh, restarted their, uh, their journey. Um, well, maybe so they're far. doing ranked choice voting there. Like that, maybe that's why, like, so two of them have now left because they had another round and they were the bottom two elephants. And so my understanding is in ranked choice voting is sort of like, uh, what's that freaking show? Survivor. And they got voted out. And so then they'll do another round and there, those elephants, second through fifth choices will be shifted to the remaining elephants until we get down to one elephant. And then I think you're thinking of duck, 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 goose. I think you're thinking of duck, duck, goose, not Survivor. It could be Duck Duck Goose. It could also be musical, musical chairs. Musical chairs. Jinx, yeah. give me a Coke. All yes. Right. Well, that's exciting. So we'll keep we'll keep our eye on that. We know we have a lot of people um, in the Far East and some in Sweden who are very interested in the story. So we will uh, – we're the only people paying attention to it right now. So Well, somebody's we'll got to. Yeah, I know. I know right now the running tally of damage is 7.4 trillion yuan. Which is $53. Fifty three twenty five, yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Uh, anyway, Brad, uh, next we've got the big uh, update on one of the great legal cases of our time. Uh, Britney Spears, the superstar uh, pop singer and uh, dancer uh, from the nineteen nineties, uh, has been in a decade decade long conservatorship where all of her um, her, her stuff uh, has uh, been managed by her dad, right? Because she was uh, off the deep end and did a little okay. of this, a little of that, a little beep, a boop, a bop, a bing. She's now gone to court, right? Okay. Gone to in Hollywood, California, I believe, or somewhere else, and uh, is seeking to lift the um, conservatorship and, and get hold of her stuff, right? She wants to get her stuff back. Okay. Uh, Brad, fair. what do you what do you think? You think she should get her stuff back, or you think her dad should continue to wet his beak? Again, if you've listened to this podcast for more than five minutes, you know I don't know anything about Britney Spears. I think she's a talented artist uh, with all that that entails. I mean, she does sing, she dances, she dresses provocatively, and 
All of that, I'm sure, is entertaining, but it's not my wheelhouse, buddy. ACDC, yes. Britney Spears, no. So I really don't know anything about it. But she's an adult, it's my understanding, and I would think that unless there's adequate evidence that she cannot manage herself, and maybe there is, that she should get her stuff back. My suspicion is, based on no evidence at all, because I don't know anything about it, but my suspicion is her dad is probably not a great guy. That's going to be my guess. And my carrying on from that suspicion, my subsequent suspicion is that he probably is wetting his beak, probably is taking advantage of the situation. And if that's true, then Brittany should certainly get her stuff back. I mean, yeah, at least her clothing. Up, yeah, at least her clothing. And clothing would be appropriate in most places. And, you know, if he's doing a bad job, well, then how do you take a step backwards by giving it back to Brittany? Worst case, she does a bad job. You're in the same place. Yeah, I mean, at some point, you got to let an adult be an adult. And she did make all that money in that uh, on those uh, the, the records. So she should get the, the, the money, I think. Correct. Uh, next, Brad, is the hypocrisy minute. This is where you and I <laughs> spend a minute on hypocrisy. Well, I tell you what, in the world today, you could spend a lot of minutes on hypocrisy. Well, Brad, what's interesting is this week up in my old stomping grounds in Rhode Island or Rogue Island, as mm. uh, Thomas Jefferson called it, um, there is a big uh, hullabaloo because you remember Sheldon Whitehouse, the senator from Rhode Island? Yeah, he sucks. Remember his questions of uh, Kavanaugh and the boofing and, and the flatulence and yeah. all that? Yeah, yeah, yeah he's he, a child. Said he hated black people, the dark money, the dark web, the dark money, doesn't want black people, the dark money. Well, it turns out that Sheldon Whitehouse has been a member of a Newport, Rhode Island-based beach club, Bailey's Beach Club, which uh, doesn't allow uh, African-Americans or people of color into said beach club. And, and he promised, I guess, back in 2016 that he would quit his uh, membership. He promptly transferred it over to his wife's name and continued to go. And um, it, 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 it's still a member in good standing. I believe he was out on the beach last week. Um, what, what do you think about that, Brad? Do you think that really uh, jives well with his message as sort of being a man of the people, even though he was born on third base? And I guess yeah, well, but I mean, trouble. again, this is a classic example. It's all you need to know about some of those perhaps even a majority of those currently in our Senate, right? I mean, it, just imagine that for a second. I mean, you want to talk about the hypocrisy minute. You can't get more hypocritical. This is a guy who has campaigned up and down on all of these, you know, sort of woke issues, right? Just all over the place talking about it. Has the audacity to try and skewer Kavanaugh with respect to, very tenuous, you know, racial accusations, right? I mean, go back, look at that. You'll see what I mean. And all the while, the guy is a member of an all-white club. I mean, stop it. Just stop it. People of Rhode Island, pay attention, right? I mean, this is, this is the worst of the worst, right? This is someone who is leveraging all of this woke stuff in order to stay in office while laughing up his sleeve at how naive and stupid the voters of Rhode Island are. And voters of Rhode Island, if you let him get away with that, you deserve what 
you get. It's incredible, right? He gets out there and he, he and this, this is the problem with this society. Do I think that a senator should be a member of a whites-only beach club? No. But do I think it necessarily disqualifies him if he says he's going to try to change the policy and they're going to, I mean, no, I think, I think you, so it, it's, it's an issue that obviously um, that it, it, it should be addressed and it should be remedied. And if it's not remedied, he should leave that beach club, right? Or if he wants to, to, to fix it and get the club to allow minority members, be my guest, right? Either way is fine. Um, but the fact that he got up on the soapbox and he is just so nauseating and lecturing us about how to live our lives and what we should be doing with this and that and and how we're all racist and everything about America is bad and, and, and it's been built on the backs of um, b- b- slaves and, it, 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 and and that's never been taken into account. We never never remedied the situation. I mean, it's just crazy. And it also belies history, right? I mean, obviously, the, 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 our country started out with a great compromise to get to the Constitution. What Were there really, really bad parts of that? Yes. Um, horrific parts of that. Horrific things happened with slavery. But this country fought a fucking civil war to end slavery and um, spent years reconstructing the company, the country to um, sort of repair the damage. And it took a lot, right? And there were a lot of bad actors, the Ku Klux Klan. And in a lot of cases, great men stood up and um, we are where we are now. And anyone that says that this country is worse off now than it was 20 years ago or 40 years ago, or 80 years ago is a fucking, is an, is an idiot, right? And this right. is one of the guys Absolutely. that says that all the time. It's just, it's just too much, but enough about it. I mean, he, he, is, he is getting a little dose of his own medicine. People should recognize this for what it is. And, and you know what? Things come back to bite you and they always do. Yeah, good. Yeah, I hope it latches on to his pasty white superior ass and stays there for a good long time. Uh, so, Brad, next we've got our big uh, uh, topic in Newsreel. You know, Newsreel is where in the old days folks would uh, wander into the, uh, the, the the movie theater and they would see a reel of news. Correct. Uh, so our big uh, number one issue that is confronting Americans today is an update on Megxit. Ah, very good. Let's get to that. Uh, Meghan, Meghan Markle and uh, Prince Harry, Brad, uh, as you know, I think you supported them as they uh, divorced themselves from the royal family. Uh, we now have uh, word that Prince Charles, soon to be King Charles, I guess, if the queen ever dies, um, has executed on a plan to um, contract the royal family and he has removed the uh, title of prince, a potential title of prince from Archie. Archie is the child of uh, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry. He is also a character in a comic strip. As well as a fairly well-known TV series, All in the Family. Uh, Yeah, I don't care one bit about Harry or Meghan. I just just don't, They're, they're bad people. Um, we're going to move on. There's apparently going to be a showdown between Meghan Markle and the Queen Mother, who's dead. The Queen is alive. Uh, and Charles. The reason so we'll keep- she's not dead is because she has made a deal with God to prevent Charles from becoming king. I'm convinced of that. 
I, I don't like Charles either. I don't, I don't like any of these people. I don't even no, know why I, we're talking about I would about much it. rather the queen stay for the next 300 years than ever let Charles be the king. Prince William seems like a decent guy. Still flies rescue helicopters. Seems like a decent guy. But yeah, the rest of them, not so much. Uh, Brad, next, real quick. Uh, your president of mine, Joe Biden, gave a speech on the importance of the Second Amendment and the fact that it needs to be gutted. And he said, when talking about the famous quote about the tree of liberty um, and the being uh, replenished with the blood of uh, patriots and tyrants, he said that guns won't help people against the government. The government has F-15s and nukes. Uh, what do you think about that? Well, I mean, he's just, again, it seems like every week, Joe Biden puts me in the position where I just have to feel sorry for the guy because he's just adult. So if what you believe is that the Second Amendment is about the right to bear arms to defend oneself against the government, and there are many who do, right? I mean, I think if you were to do a historical analysis of the Second Amendment, you would find that while there were some aspects or some concerns about tyranny and therefore the right to bear arms and, and to have militias, that wasn't the only reason why the Second Amendment was added to, was made part of the Constitution, right? So, but if that's your concern, right? As the president, you say to yourself, boy, there's some folks out there concerned that the government might come for their stuff, so they want to have a gun. The last thing you do is stand up and say, hey, your guns aren't going to help you because we got, you know, F-15s and nukes and battleships and whatnot. We're just going to kick your ass. Right. Yeah. I mean, that is it the seems stupid. exact wrong message to send. And who even thinks that way? If you're the president of the United States and you are thinking to yourself, well, I don't have to worry about all these Second Amendment gun nuts because I got F-15s. You should be removed from office just for that. Immediately. Immediately. It's crazy. It's it's if he's thinking that way, and I'm not saying he is, because somebody else probably wrote that speech. Who is you thinking? Think he's, you think he's reading off a teleprompter? Yeah, you think? And it has notes. <sighs> he's and there's a big note on every podium that says your mask is in your pocket. We've had that for the last several months. Right? I mean, it's just I mean, <laughs> that that guy is a disaster. And I I don't blame him. I mean, he he jumped the shark. 10 years ago. He's a, he doesn't even deny, you cannot deny the fact that he is a liar, a self-aggrandizing liar and a plagiarist. I mean, that there are videos galore of him openly lying about his background and plagiarizing other people's comments and writings. It's time for RIP Corner. John McAfee, the great technology millionaire, multimillionaire. Um, he obviously had some legal issues uh, surrounding taxes and other things. Um, but he was uh, uh, in a Spanish jail and he was uh, found dead, similar to what happened with Epstein, as you know, in New York, uh, not Theo Epstein um, and uh, Vince Foster with the, the gun. And you know a lot about that. And John Denver, the, uh, the singer. So Brad, what do you think happened here? Do you think the government, uh, went after him and, and took him out? Well, I mean, there's a lot of people who are going to want to believe that, right? I mean, conspiracy theorists abound. People love conspiracies. I don't get this from a conspiracy perspective, though, right? McAfee openly and notoriously said, I'm not paying taxes and, and did. And God bless him. Ran around the world evading tax that he owed, 
to the United States, at least, and maybe other places. I don't know. Right. And you can argue all day long whether our tax system is fair or not fair, but it doesn't matter. He was evading taxes. He knew it. Everybody knew it. He got caught. And the Spanish government, in compliance with its relationship via treaty with the United States, said, yeah, we'll send him back. I, I mean, if he had gotten back here and wound up being killed in prison, I mean, maybe. But what what would be motivating Spanish prison guards to kill a guy who years ago wrote virus software and ever since then has basically just been running around the world smoking and joking and spending his money on wine, women, and song. Like, what, well, let me let me throw something. Let me throw something else in there for you, Brad. Uh, obviously, um, everyone, you included, has an Instagram account. Within hours of McAfee's "quote unquote" death, um, although I don't know if it's a "quote unquote" death, um, "quote unquote" suicide is probably the appropriate thing to say. Uh, the letter Q was posted on his Instagram uh, page, and then the entire account was deleted. Now, I I know a little something about this, right? Because I I obviously am in the technology business and I uh, work closely with the folks at the InstaFace on a number of different levels, Um, but it's very difficult to, to, to do that. So who posted the letter Q? Why did it come down? Is it QAnon? I don't know. Um, Is, do do we have to bring Hillary Clinton in for questioning here? Well, maybe that's what the Q stands for questioning. I mean, I myself do not have an InstaFace account, no social media, zero. Zip. I don't do it. I think it's dumb. It's unnecessary. It causes problems, all this stuff. Right. So, so I don't know anything about this, but I would think that if something got posted on someone's social media account after they were well and truly dead, then it's safe to say someone else did that. Right. I mean, so you're, you're ruling out the genius. fact that he, you know, like post-mortem, right put the cue on the InstaFace. Well, yeah, I don't think you can do that. Again, I don't have an InstaFace account. Maybe there's some way you can like put a post in like a line or a queue and say, hey, you know, six hours from now, post that. I don't know. Maybe you can. And if you can do that, then maybe that's what the guy did and God bless him. But, and I'll tell you what, he was a strange guy. And so if you're a guy like that, who's, you know, you you see the videos and whatnot that have all come out since his death. I would not put it past a guy like that to say, you know what will really throw people for a loop? If, you know, X number of hours after I'm dead, something gets posted in my Instagram account that is controversial and ambiguous, et cetera. So, you know what? If he did it, good for him. Uh, Brad, next, the Venera Chronicles. Ah, the Venera Chronicles. Outstanding. Uh, Which one are we on? Listen, listen, the gift that keeps on giving. There was a commemorative stamp to Venera 11, okay? A commemorative no stamp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was part of the Venera program to explore the planet Venus. Uh-huh. So it launched in September uh, 1978. Red Sox were still alive. Bill Lee, Craig Nettles. Brad, it separated from its flight platform on 23 December 1978. That year, that was two days before Christmas. Was there a domestic disturbance? Is that Was that the result? what caused the separation or was it supposed to do that? Mutually agreed separation. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. And so uh, the uh, lander entered the atmosphere on December 25th. Again, that was Christmas that year. Ah, I believe it's Christmas most every year, but that's good timing out of the soves. 
especially given they don't really celebrate Christmas. Yeah, so it's exciting. Um, it had a plasma spectrometer. It had a uh, gamma ray burst detector. Wow, right? that's awesome. And cool. it had four semiconductor counters. Huh, uh, just counting semiconductors or the counters themselves were semiconductors? Maybe exactly. Exactly. I mean, yeah. Again, we're not we're not getting to that level of detail on the right. Wikipedia, uh, but we are. We are. The mission ended in February uh, when it uh, Venera Eleven disintegrated, um, but the lander did carry a lot of instruments that were going to study the temperature and the condition on Venus. I mean, I can tell you, it's hot. Yeah, it's hot and very difficult to survive there. Did did they take the lens caps off? Because you know, um, we've been having that problem. Well, I mean, again, they, uh, so here, here's the issue, right? They had landers with two cameras, each designed for color imaging. Mm -hmm. um, each failed to return images because the lens covers did not separate after landing due to a design flaw. God damn. I mean, so but, three, three for three. It's three in a row. Yeah, that's three in a row. And, I, you know, again, I'm not an astronautical engineer. Right. And so I, I'm not in a position to, you know, expertly criticize. But I would like to think that if you had the technology to launch a vehicle to another planet, any planet, that you probably should have the technology to get a lens cap off of a camera. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, you would that, think that I, I would think. And, but again, you know, maybe maybe we can have an astronautical engineer send us something on the, uh, on the Twitter and let us know that lens cap separation is an incredibly difficult, incredibly mathematically complex engineering miracle anytime you can make it happen. Maybe that's true. And so we shouldn't be blaming the Soves, but my guess is it's not. Yeah, so look, I mean, we, we are, I mean, the good news is we are at uh, Venera 11. We've made it this far. Um, every week I, I, I go to the big production team here and I say, there's no way there's going to be a Venera six or a seven or an eight or, and we're at 11. I mean, the, the, these Soviets are so persistent and it's probably why, um, it's probably why they won all those medals at the 1980 Olympics. Well, pr probably so. And, you know, I mean, no one had problems knocking off their lens caps when covering the Olympics. And my suspicion is that, I mean, at this point, you've gone 0 for 3 in your last three space ventures at getting your lens caps off. You, you can't quit, buddy. I mean, you can't go to your grave saying, I couldn't design a spacecraft that had removable lens caps. You, you can't. So my guess is there's going to be a Venera 12 and they're going to try it again. Yeah, I mean, I, you would hope so. Um, it's it's hard to believe we uh, we are where we are uh, with this. But uh, again, uh, I think a lot of the designers, architects of the Venera missions did did go to early graves that had nothing to do with the planet Venus. But again, I'm only guessing there. We'll we'll, we'll see what uh, next week. Brings next, Brad is the big segment, uh, the uh, final segment in the program, uh, barred or banned. And right now, we sort of have two different ways we can go. Right, we have the big uh, crisis in the Judiciary Committee this week, where um, your favorite senator, Hawaii's Maisie Hirono, uh, accused uh, Ted Cruz of mansplaining. 
um, when he talked, uh, told her that she didn't understand originalism, which she doesn't. doesn't. Yeah, no, she um, doesn't. Uh, and we could say, should mansplaining be barred or banned? But Brad and I are going to tell all of you out there, we're not going to do that. Right? Good. It's not going that way. We're going to explain to you, we're not doing it. In fact, we're going to focus more on the Supreme Court and the uh, big decision this week, Brad, that you and I and all the folks in our industry are on the edge of their seats over uh, the decision about uh, college athletes getting paid to play their sport and whether or not they should be compensated for the use of their image and wearing the, uh, the, the, the sneakers, the shoes. And of course, the Supreme Court, as they want to do these days, came up with a very narrow um, ruling that favored the players. But I guess the broader question is, shouldn't college athletes get paid for their athletic prowess? Well, buddy, again, I think they probably should. Right now, I am and you are not. Neither of us are academics. We've never served in the academy. So I I don't know what kind of potential issues that brings up with colleges and universities across the board, right? So let's just get that out right now. I don't know what happens to the rest of your student body if you start paying your athletes, maybe nothing, right? Maybe nothing. But to go back to hypocrisy minute for a minute, when the coaches and athletic directors, et cetera, are, are literally making millions for no other reason that these students, student athletes, athletes, players, whatever you want to call them, are out there on the field, court, pool, rink, et cetera, doing their thing, then you're skating on some very narrow ice to say, well, that's okay, but the guys actually doing it cannot get paid. And, and look, I understand that they're getting some, if not all of the expenses of an otherwise expensive university education for free, fine, calculate that in if you want to, right? I mean, if you, let's say you're gonna pay the guy a thousand bucks a month or whatever it is you're gonna pay him and the university's expenses are 450, okay, great. Give the guy 550, right? I mean, but the, this whole idea is that it, it will somehow ruin college sports, I don't buy. And it certainly makes no sense to say everyone but the athletes can make money off of their athletic prowess. That to me just does not make any logical sense and must have been a very difficult thing to argue in court. Although well, I good Lord. I mean, yeah, I, I didn't, I, I mean, I, I attended in person, but I wasn't paying attention. Um, I but I will, yeah, I'll say this. It, it, it is our, I mean, the, the coaches, right. They make all this sneaker money, right. So the coaches, like the coach of Kentucky will cut a deal with Nike and he'll, he'll get paid for the school to, to wear the kids to wear Nike shoes. So if you're, if you're like the next LeBron James, right. Or whoever, and, and, and you have this incredible talent and you're living in a world where literally everything is monetized, right? Like right. there's nothing that's not monetized. Right. Um, why in the hell would you ever go into a regime that lets you, you um, play, right? And you get an education, which is all bullshit, right? They're not getting an education in, in 90% of the cases. But, uh, and then the coach makes 20 million from Nike a year, 10 million, and you get nothing, right? And, and, and it's crazy. And, and so 
they, the kids should be paid. They, they should be paid. And this antitrust exemption that this whole case hung on, which the Supreme Court completely dodged as they do everything because well, yeah. they don't want to they don't want to make a damn opinion or, or decision on anything um, is it, crazy. It's crazy to give uh, uh, colleges that kind of power. It's crazy to give coaches that kind of power. And I think the whole damn thing should be bar, bar well, banned. Well, wait a minute. Hold on. The, the one that's more severe, barter ban. You can do both. You can do both. I think, it's, I think you're allowed to ban and bar. I, I don't you think go. they are necessarily mutually exclusive. I, I completely agree. Ban it, bar it, pay the athletes, give them a reasonable, call it a stipend, do whatever you want to do, make it reasonable, continue to allow them to pursue their education to the extent that they want to uh, for free as part of that package. All that's great. But again, the hypocrisy of the current system is enough for anyone to say that has to end. The value from the TV contracts, the value from the shoe contracts is all driven by the players. No one, no one, no one tunes in to watch Mike Krzyzewski you know, prowl the sidelines. They no, tune no, in to see not. the players. That's where the value is. And like, you know, if you want to make college basketball great again, which a lot of, I mean, when I grew up, it was, it was great. It was fun. It was a pay the players, make it a feeder league for the NBA and pay all the players and you can pay them at different rates and you can let them cut their deals with uh, the, the, the shoe companies and cut their deals with the card companies and that's and they should be paid what the market will pay them. It shouldn't be some flat stipend. But this whole bullshit NCAA thing should be barred and banned and whatever else you can do to it to get rid of it. And it's too bad the Supreme Court are just such a group of, um, you know, namby-pamby, whatever you want to call them, that won't make a decision in any case. And everything is like, you know, this or that. Um, and trying to form consensus on a very narrow opinion. Very disappointing, Brad. But again, this is not the forum or the place to discuss that. No, that's, a, that's again, a different podcast, the uh, SCOTUS Scuttlebutt podcast that uh, will be on Wednesday at 3 a.m. Uh, European time. On the Voice of America, and I should say for before we uh, log out here, I should say for those of you with the um, uh, Hilo Jack uh, uh, podcast, uh, this is a smudge bid, a smudge bid. There you go. So write that down, folks. You're going to want to remember that when you tune in to this week's Hilo Jack podcast. But as for this podcast, IP frequently. As always, we appreciate your time and attention and look forward to seeing you or at least speaking in your general direction next week. This has been IP Frequently, once again clearing a forest of lies with the machete of truth. You're welcome.